Help us see your glory and love. Through the reading and preaching of your word, we pray in your name. Amen. The Hebrew scripture reading this morning is 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 11. the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a palace of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. That night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men of the earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own, and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. This is the word of the Lord. Next we will hear a passage from Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 27. And I, I apologize, my um, bookmark came out of this one. <laughs> Hold on this is what happens when the pastor tells you you have to read everything <laughs> at the last minute. Okay, I apologize. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the commands of the eternal God, so that all, might, all nations might believe and obey him. To the only wise God be glory forever, through Jesus Christ. Amen. 
This is the word of the Lord. And finally, um, a familiar passage from Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was, said, who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angels left her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. <clears throat> my friend Melissa called me the other day while I was driving to the church. Don't panic, we have one of those fancy Bluetooth speakers in our car that the, the call rings through onto the stereo of the car. And... When she called me, I had been rocking out to my Advent playlist, please don't judge me, as I drove to the church. So when the phone rang, it rang really, really loudly on the speakers of the car and it interrupted the song I was singing to. So I was laughing when I answered the phone by pushing the little thumb button on the steering wheel, don't worry, safety first. And when I answered, Melissa asked what was so funny, as soon as I answered the phone, and I told her that I had been jamming out to Mary, did you know, when the phone rang. And she jokingly said something about the questionable theology of that song before we went on with our conversation. We have this ongoing, half-serious, half-running gag conversation between the two of us about contemporary Christian music. So I just chopped the comment up to the half-running gag part of the conversation and moved on with my day. And I didn't think anything else about it until a day or two later when I saw something on the internet. 
questioning the theology of that very song. And it seems like ever since then, I keep hearing or seeing people remarking about Mary, did you know? On Facebook, in a commentary podcast I listen to, because I know how to party. Everywhere, I kept seeing this idea come up. There's a picture out there on the internet of a woman screaming during childbirth, yelling, yes, Joseph, I freaking know. (laughs) That was apparently the general problem people who have a problem with this song have with it, that Mary did, in fact, know, so please stop telling her so. And I, I get that point. Mary obviously did know there was something incredible about the baby she was carrying. Here we have the account of the angel telling her she's going to bear the Son of God. It's not as if Mary hadn't been warned that something incredible was about to happen. We see here that she was told about her baby ahead of time. But I wonder how much of it she really knew, like knew, knew. And think of these others in the Bible who were called by God in dramatic, life-changing moments. King David called out of a lineup of his kingly-looking brothers when he was the little one, anointed as the next ruler of Israel. Did he know what he was being called to? Yeah, he was called to be the next king. He knew that he was to be the king in the political sense as well as to oversee the people and the relationship with God. But in 2 Samuel 7, we see that he's not quite understood that entirely. He still doesn't quite fully see what God means by house of God. If you're familiar with David's life story, you know that this is just one small example of King David totally missing the point. Moses, called by God, speaking from a burning bush, knows that he's there to lead the people out of slavery. But he had no idea of the 40 years of wandering that they would go through or the legacy that he and the people were leaving behind. He had no idea we'd still be talking about him today, I'm sure. Moses had no clue the great leader and long-remembered hero he'd become. Jeremiah knows that the call God puts on his life is going to be a hard one, and he, unlike Mary, but very like Moses, resists. But once he accepts the call, even he is caught off guard by just what his call means on his life. And surely he had no idea that all of these thousands of years later, we would still be reading his words and talking about that time they tossed him down a well. Mary, like many others, called to God's service, is confused and disturbed by the angel's greeting and news. And that's not surprising who wouldn't be confused and disturbed by the sudden appearance of an angel in their living room. What's notable is that unlike most of the others, she offers little resistance in spite of her disturbance and confusion. Even more unlikely than a small shepherd boy and an orphan and a self-conscious young man, Mary doesn't offer the same kind of dragging of feet that Moses or Jeremiah do. There's a way that Mary is usually depicted, and this gospel passage portrayal of her in today's passage and in the one that we looked at last week 
doesn't seem at all what we want to picture most of the time. We tend to see meek, demure, sweet Mary. But this Mary we see is not meek or demure. She is bold. She is brave. She is fearless. She's just been frightened by this angel, but instead of backpedaling or trying to make deals with God, she takes a deep breath, gathers her composure, and says, Okay, God, tell me what to do. Even when she is confused, Mary continues to listen. She doesn't understand what the angel is saying at first, but can you blame her? She, like most Jews of her time, had spent her whole life awaiting the Messiah. To think that she was the one to bear the baby who would grow into the Messiah was absurd. Last week, Ashley preached about the song of praise that Mary sings to God when she finds out how God will be using her. Mary is keenly aware of God's power. And here is an angel saying, you... You are the one through whom God's very power will come to earth to be known to all people. On Wednesday, I had another conversation with my friend Melissa because the first conversation we'd had was still bugging me. And I told her what I've been wrestling with in the song, Mary, Did You Know?, and she explained to me that many people she knows have objected to the song because it sometimes sounds a bit like we're patronizing Mary or treating her like she's some sort of clueless kid. Oh my gosh, Mary, did you know this? Have you ever heard the term mansplaining? It's a term used to describe the phenomenon of a man explaining something to a completely knowledgeable woman, sometimes a woman more knowledgeable about the subject than the man, in ridiculously obvious terms simply because she's a woman and he's a man. Melissa explained to me that some people feel like this song is mansplaining to marry what is about to happen. This was something that I hadn't thought of before, and not because I've never been mansplained, the song had never sounded condescending to me as if some enlightened modern people were going back and telling Mary how much more we know, as if we suddenly have God all figured out. I had always heard it as channeling the wonder that Mary must have felt when she heard that God was going to bring the Messiah to earth through her, and the amazement as she saw him grow and begin his ministry as he did miracles and healed people. To know that God was going to work through a young woman to change the entire world is just incredible. It's not that she didn't believe. It's not that she was lacking in any important understanding. It's not even that she didn't know that there was something incredible and history-shaking about the baby she carried. It's just, how could she really know? No, no. All of it. Why would we assume that knowledge is so black and white that either she knew or she didn't know, and either we know or we don't know? And she obviously knew she didn't know at all when she responded with such awe and amazement and wonder. So there are two sort of extremes that we have to be wary of here. The first is deifying Mary to the point that we think when the angel came to her, she suddenly knew everything there was to know about God's plan. 
that Mary herself was somehow more than human, or that humans can ever fully know God's plans. But the other is to treat Mary as if she was just some dumb, dumb young kid or silly woman who didn't quite understand what was happening. We see neither of these extremes in the way that the angel treats Mary, and the way that Mary responds to the angel, and the way that Elizabeth talks to her young cousin, and the way that Mary responds to the news that God is going to work powerfully in her. What we see in Mary is something much more hopeful and exciting. Mary trusts God, even when she doesn't understand the fullness of what God is asking, and knows she doesn't see the whole picture yet. She knows it's big. She believes this is the moment they've all been waiting for, and she acts on that trust. She rests in it, even when she does not, when she cannot know all the details of exactly how this is going to work out. Mary is, by human standards at her time, pretty small and insignificant until God chooses her. But by God's standards, the small are made great, and the great are brought down. Mary says this herself in the verses that follow today's passage. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Mary realizes the importance of doing God's work. She sees it as the privilege that it is. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She had the support of family, Elizabeth and Joseph, for starters. She had trust in God and an unwavering sense of God's greatness. God gave her all that she needed to carry out this crazy, frightening calling put upon her. So I think that the answer to the question, Mary, did you know, is both yes and no, which I think is exactly the point of the song. She knew, but how could she possibly know, no? God doesn't always tell us how our obedience is going to work in the grand scheme of things. And that's such a wonderful holy mystery and privilege that all we can do in response is sing God's praises. And we are honored for our trust in God, even when it seems too big, too crazy, too unfathomable to understand. Even when we feel small and insignificant, we can remember this young woman who, although she didn't seem like much to the world around her at her time, had arguably the most important calling God has ever put on a human being. God can and will use the tiny shepherd boy with a passionate heart, the orphan returned to his people, the self-conscious young man given a word from God, and the brave young woman. God can even use you and me. What we must do is realize the importance of God's plans and work in the world and respond by singing out with joy and obedience like Mary. We are all given crazy calls, not ones as memorable as Mary's, but important ones nonetheless. None of us really know. None of us can ever fully know and understand all that God plans in the world. And yet we are still called to serve, even and especially when we don't fully understand it. Not only are we still called to serve, each of us are equipped with all that we need in that service. 
We don't have to know exactly what God is doing in the world to participate in God's plans and make a difference. God calls all of us and equips all of us in spite of what we have to offer by the world's standards. And so I would like to share with you